Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Josefa Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 All right. Live on both platforms on Facebook and on Instagram. Welcome, everybody. Podcast episode 244. Awesome. 204 podcasts. Congratulations. I feel like I need a, oh, I'll just sit up straighter. I need like a telephone (laughs) book or something. (laughs) Is your seat raised? (laughs) Yeah, I can put it down a little bit. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Um, so my name is Jasper. I'm uh, the host of Get Paid for Your Pad. We're doing a podcast episode live. We're going to be discussing some recent uh, updates about Airbnb, some new stories that came out. Um, this is Nicole. Nicole Francis Williams. She is the VP of Strategic Partnerships, Partnerships for Hostfully. At Hostfully. Right. <laughs> and Hostfully, Good. of course, is the pl- the platform that you can use to send digital guidebooks to your your Airbnb guests which yes. is i've been using it it's really cool what's what's going on at hostly anything anything new um we have some new features some new branding features uh splash pages and um we're we're helping um our clients get their agreements um front and center when they're when before people get onto the guidebooks and stuff and see the brand and so and you can also see track your um who's using the guidebook as well mm-hmm. as get new emails for remarketing oh, so sweet. say one person books and then they bring in four other people so it's really helping um our clients scale right awesome yeah. one question uh, i have is can you use videos in the guidebook yet oh yeah yeah, yeah, you can put embed video so that you watch it within the guidebook. Oh, sweet. And you don't yeah. get taken to another YouTube page or anything. So it's easy. That's really cool. That's really cool. Because actually, that's what I've been uh, working on in, in Cali, in Colombia, for, oh, cool. my, for my new Airbnb listing. I've gone to the airport uh, with, uh, with my buddy, and uh, I've basically recorded a video where you know, I'm welcoming people to, to the city. Oh, and also, cool. I'm walking around the airport showing people, hey, here's, you can get some cash. You know, awesome. Here you get a local SIM card. All right, this is what it costs. Here, how here's how you you order the Uber. Oh, here's awesome. how you put in the address. So just to give people like a welcome introduction video that yeah. they can they can actually see. Hey, this is happen. This is what happens if I arrive at the airport. Yeah. Right, this is how I yeah. get to the apartment. That's awesome. Um, I want to see that, and you can actually put that in the welcome message, which is front and center when your guests open the guidebook. So it will be at the right. top, which is great. Right. And you can, uh, on Airbnb, you can put a link to the guidebook in the message, right? Yes, uh uh-huh, on Airbnb, yeah. So once the booking is confirmed, you can send the guidebook URL really easily. Yes, because for before you uh, before the booking is confirmed, like you can't send any links, right? Cause right, but you probably wouldn't for. want to. You wouldn't yeah. want to tell them everything before exactly, they book yeah. anyway. Yeah. So. so that makes sense. So um, so yeah, I'm excited to, to get my, my own guidebook up. Once I'm starting uh, Airbnb in my place in Colombia. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's what's what's new. There's a there's a bunch of news stories out there. Um, let's start with 
the the co-host split payment option. Uh, I've seen a lot of people in in uh, some, in one of the Facebook groups uh, complain about this because this was such a nice feature, right? Yeah. You can yeah. Uh, let's Easy say business. yeah. Let's say you 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 have somebody who manages your apartment, and you basically assign a person as a co-host, and you could just assign a percentage. And then that uh, percentage of the earnings would go to the co-host automatically. So you don't have to deal with all the administration and transferring money and stuff. And so... Easy operations. Yeah, it just it just makes things really easy. Uh, but Airbnb maybe now sent out an email that they're going to cancel this co-hosting option, which is really a shame. It's going to be canceled by August 1st, 2018. Uh, so you no longer be able to, to split payments. Now... There's somebody in my Get Paid for Your Pet Facebook group who's actually suggested a, a workaround. Um, mm. So if you if you look at the, my group, he's uh, he's posted a link to instructions and stuff there. Um, so uh, shout out to Francisco, by the way. Thank you for sharing that. That's really useful information. Um, but anyway, another thing you can do, if if you also don't like the fact that Airbnb's got rid of this option, go to airbnb.com slash help slash feedback. And there you can uh, you can provide Airbnb with feedback and, and let them know that you know we want we want to keep this this whole co-host split payment option and that they shouldn't get rid of it. Yeah, they did that recently with the cancellation fee. There was guests can cancel. There's not going to be any more fee. Did you get an email like that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, they send out the emails. They make the decisions. I don't know if there's feedback that they're requesting or. You know, it's always, it's always interesting when Airbnb has something coming out that they know that most hosts are going to like. They make a big deal out of it and yeah. they create like a, you know, a web page and announcements and everything. But if they roll out something that they know that the hosts aren't going to like, then they just kind of sneak it in there sneak and send an email, email and say, hey, I'm sorry, like this is no longer going to be available. Um, I hope you're having fun on Airbnb. Goodbye. Right. And who, <laughs> who reads all your emails? So sometimes you don't even find out yeah. until you're actually maybe some one of the co-hosts isn't getting paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah. For all you co-hosts out there, we're letting you know now. <laughs> and by the way, we're watching uh, the the comments and and everything that uh, that people are submitting. Somebody asked when I when I will be in Puerto Rico. I was actually just there a month ago, so uh, I probably won't be going again for a while. But uh, but Puerto Rico is awesome, though. So uh, everyone Did you should definitely check it out. Huh? Did you have a meetup there? Uh, I was actually I was speaking at a conference oh, there. It okay. was like a real estate conference. Huh? Yeah. Talking about meetups, uh, we had a meetup here in San Monica on Friday. That yeah, was fun. It was very nice. It was a good turnout, too. Yeah. It was right by the beach. Yeah. We picked a great location. Herringbone, yeah. Uh-huh. $1 oysters. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was good. And uh, Hostfully Host was there, Mike. Yeah. Um, Mike, right. shout Mike, out to Mike. Mike Claremont. Claremont, yes. Check him out. He's yeah. a musician. Mike Claremont Music. Is his website? He's a host in Venice. He was on the podcast, actually. Let me let me just quickly check. Uh, it was oh yeah, there it is, episode one hundred and sixty-three. You can you can learn about Mike and his uh, his Airbnb in Venice. He had some bed bugs. <laughs> that was kind of an issue. But uh, if you want to learn how to prevent those type of issues and what to do if that happens to you, then uh, podcast episode one hundred and sixty-three. Check it out. Um, yeah, it was a good turnout. Uh, there was. Uh, uh, somebody who rents out here in Santa Monica, actually, and I didn't notice. I thought it was illegal in Santa Monica, but they, they actually they, uh, they handed out two hundred business licenses, so some people are able to do it, and uh, and they're they're making good money. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you that it's like oh well, you know, if you're one of the few ones who who can rent out, 
that's kind of nice, right? You yeah, absolutely. Up your prices and, uh, and you know, little competitions. So. Good business for him. Absolutely. Um, let's see. I guess a, a big story is uh, the story that came out of New York. Um, now, this is obviously going on like for a long time, right? Airbnb is fighting against the, the hotel industry in New York. And um, now it, it, uh, they did some research, and what they found out was that a lot of the councilmen are actually just directly getting paid by the by the hotel lobby. They're literally transferring like ten, fifteen thousand, thirty thousand dollars to these people to to vote against uh, against Airbnb. Uh, there was an article in the New York Post, and let me actually look at the the exact amounts here because they they mentioned it. Uh, the article is called The Real Reason New York City Councilmen Are Trying to Squash Airbnb. So they're saying they're doing it to protect affordable housing. Uh, but um, half a million, Almost 460000 in total. Um, yeah. They, the hotel industry has invested um, in city council races for 2013 and 2017. And then... Um, Corey Johnson took home 15,000, Rivera 33,000. I mean, I don't see that ending. And yeah, it's a shame. I don't, surprising. I don't know. It happens in a lot of industries. I mean, maybe the vacation rental industry just needs to do the same. <laughs> I mean, they're making the money. So, well, Airbnb's got a couple hundred billion dollars cash yeah, probably. So. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like crazy how how this influences like yeah. you know policy and decision making and you know you you would expect in a democracy that that shouldn't be it shouldn't really be happening right but well it happens in the gun industry and you know so it's yeah it's I'm sorry to <laughs> to awaken this to you in the United <laughs> States, but this is what's happening. Is People are getting paid out. off, so yeah. maybe not in Colombia or the Netherlands. But <laughs> oh well, I don't I, know about that. But. Well, probably <laughs> Colombia, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I guess uh, you know, like uh, money buys everything. Um, how did they find this out? Um, I didn't see that. When did it? How did they discover this? I'm not sure, actually, but I saw a lot of news items about this. Like, a lot of uh, newspapers are writing about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm sure they, they mentioned the sources somewhere. Sounds like there was an investigation, though. Um, so. Um, yeah. Let's see. What else is going on? Have you heard about Peak? Yes. The experience yes. platform? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they just got a big uh, fund, a big raise of $23 million. That was their Series B. Um, so they're com competitors with the Airbnb experiences and, um, they're probably their main competitor, I think. I'd say so. Yeah. 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 Cause Peak's been around for quite a while. Cause I remember in 2014, I was kind of working on an idea to start a, an online platform, sharing platform for sports instructors. Oh, okay. Um, that never ended up happening, but in my research, I, uh, I looked at Peak and they already had like a lot of experiences on their platform in 2014. So I can only imagine now, four years later, and and they've raised 23. Was it 23? Yeah, 23 million? this time, 40 million um, to date. Um, right. I was just trying to see what cities they're in, or how many cities. Um, I mean, they're definitely all over the U.S. Yeah. So I've looked at yeah. the platform before, and it's kind of funny because I never realized they're actually an Airbnb competitor. Because, you know, they became one when Airbnb launched their experiences mm -hmm. um, program. So now 
Um, another another interesting question is is you know could Peak be an interesting uh, Airbnb takeover target, right? Mm, yeah. Instead of trying to build, uh, you know, grow organically on on the experiences side for Airbnb, they could just scoop up uh, Peak and just you know get all those people on their platform too. They can afford it, so they yeah. can definitely afford it. Yeah. <laughs> they say they have ten thousand experiences in the U.S. and Mexico, right? Um, and as well as spots like Paris and London, so. Um, yeah, this will help them expand and 500,000 reviews and ratings. Interesting. So if you guys want to do some experiences, check out peak.com. Um, talking about Airbnb going public and raising money and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's, you know, we've talked a lot about speculating about, you know, when Airbnb is going to go public. And now Chesky has actually announced that they, they will do it before 2020. And I think the reason is that a lot of the employees and a lot of the investors, you know, they're they're really waiting for this IPO, right? Because they want to cash out, um, you know, the employees that have been given like stock uh, options. So, they, you know, they, they, they have the right to, to a certain amount of stocks. And, you know, right now they're probably not really able to sell these stocks, right? Because right? they're not publicly traded. Um, it says, though, he's offering cash bonuses. Um, and giving employees an opportunity to sell their stock for cash every quarter instead of every year. So he's okay. kind of making a little compromise, which right. maybe won't cut so deep into his pockets when they actually do um, an IPO in what eighteen months or so. Yeah, well, he he said he was he'd be ready by June two thousand nineteen. So okay. I guess that's in one year, but but definitely before two thousand twenty, he said. Mm -hmm. So are you, you going to buy any Airbnb shares? Or? I should have bought some a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Same with Netflix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but how do you do that though? Like, you know, it's it, let's say like early on when when Airbnb you know was just getting started. Like how how do you get access to you know investing in these type of com companies? Because they usually go to the, the VC companies and stuff. Like as an individual. Like yeah, I think you have to work with your with your stockbroker or your trader to actually, but they they should be the one that's feeding you the information. Um, right. I just do mutual funds, which is you know aggregated and yeah. all lumped together. So yeah. I'm not I don't have time to actually find these up and coming coming companies, but those mm -hmm. two I wish I would have known. And oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then it's so interesting that uh, you know Airbnb had so much trouble finding investors. Right, and yeah. they spent a couple of years uh, going around to more than 100 investors, uh, VC companies, and stuff, and nobody wanted to put money. They're like, in why would you want to sleep in some on somebody's couch? <laughs> yeah. Why would you want to sleep in somebody's apartment? Exactly. Are you crazy? You know, like these random people from the internet. You know how many psychos yeah. are out there? Like, <laughs> yeah. Are you crazy. <laughs> now it's taken over the world. All right, but yeah, um, that would have been an awesome opportunity to to invest in Airbnb. I've done some uh, some angel investing myself, actually, but uh, but often these type of companies, especially if they if they're already uh, if they're able to raise a lot of money through VC companies, then they're not really looking for like these random individuals. Yeah, right? they usually yeah. look at people who can actually bring something to the table. Yeah, right. If you if you have connections yeah, or you yeah, have expertise they, that you can help, they them wouldn't with want something. my cash. <laughs> <laughs> not my cash. All right, let's go to the next item. We're Looking at Book a Classic, it's a classic car rental website, a website where you can basically rent a, an old car, like an old timer. And, uh, and Airbnb has partnered with Book a Classic uh, to offer car, classic car rentals to, to Airbnb guests. And so this is only going to be available on the luxury retreats. 
So it's a it's the subsidiary that the Airbnb bought uh, in last year November yeah. or something mm-hmm. was it? They paid right. three hundred million for it. I think it was a Canadian uh, site. Mm-hmm. It's for high end Airbnbs, and so you know this is kind of interesting because that's a kind of a logical next step for Airbnb to offer uh, car rentals, now. Yeah, and especially that fits with the theme, you know, the luxury theme, and it brings the whole experience three hundred and sixty. If they're talking about experience, so. Um, you know, I mean, I haven't seen what kind of inventory of classic cars they have, but this one looks pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't turn that one down, a little convertible. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. There's a DeLorean. Um, yeah, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of interesting cars on the platform. Yeah. And what's kind of cool is you can, so if you stay at a luxury retreat uh, spot, uh, you can rent the car and have it parked at the property before you arrive. So you arrive and your your you know your old timer is already ready. The keys are there. You just jump in and, and cruise around and, and explore the neighborhood. Right? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so. they're talking about having a Ferrari ready for you if you have a trip booked to Italy or a Mustang if you're um, in the U.S. and just um, live the whole experience of wherever you are. So, by the way, my uh, my buddy uh, Davey, who I interviewed on the podcast, he lives in LA. He has a pretty big business. I don't know if you met him at the meetup in Santa Monica. He came a little later, but he actually asked me, he was like, Hey man, you should interview somebody from Turo or somebody, or more specifically somebody who's using Turo to rent out their car. Because, you know, as an Airbnb host, you know, you're already comfortable with sharing your house. Yeah. There's probably a lot of people who would be comfortable sharing their car as well. Yeah. Right. And so for those who are looking uh, to make some extra money, we're actually somebody is actually commenting. John, shout out to John, and uh, he says I have cars on Getaround. Haven't had too many guests use them, but it's a nice side income. Uh, have, uh, so my question to you, John, would be: Have you used Turo? Because I feel <laughs> like Turo is 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 that the market leader in in that space, or is it Getaround? I'm not, I'm not sure, uh, but maybe I'm John not sure. knows That's, this. John, do you know? And John, what cars do you have on Getaround? <laughs> That you're going to move over to Turo. <laughs> Would love to know that. I wonder if you can do like, uh, if there's software out there where you can manage multiple cars and multiple listings. Oh, and stuff. yeah. That's, <laughs> hey, anybody out there in the software biz. <laughs> yeah. That could, be, uh, that could be a good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Turo. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to, I actually found somebody on Instagram who, uh, who, made, who apparently makes a lot of money on Turo and it's kind of like has a YouTube channel talking about you know, how he's doing it and everything. So uh, I'm going to try and get this person on the podcast cool. so we awesome. can learn and, and, you know, learn about how to rent out and how much money you could potentially be making. Uh, we've got another comment on Instagram, getting ready to use Turo in an upcoming trip to San Diego. Okay, cool. so right. uh, that's, the, that's the, the other side of the equation, right? You can also rent cars on Turo. Yeah. You can rent somebody else's car on Turo. All right, so let's see. An, an Acura and an Avalon. Oh, okay. Interview me, Turo Similar. Okay, well, we're going to get... Okay, so John, you're going to be on the podcast. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll send you a message uh, later. I'm, I'm sure we've communicated before. So we'll, we'll get you on the podcast. I should try it for my uh, electric car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it won't, you can't go very far, though. It's only 90 miles, so it's like a zip around town if you just need a car to zip around and not pay gas and free parking. Yeah, that's really that's really nice. And by the way, have you seen the birds and the limes? Oh yeah, the yeah, here? everywhere. No, well, the- their headquarters is you could walk to their headquarters from here. It's in Venice, um, but yeah. yeah, they're everywhere here. And they're awesome. I I love these things. So 
for those uh, who are not familiar, uh, I don't know if these things are any, anywhere outside of Santa Monica or Venice or Los Angeles, but so basically birds and limes are little, what do you call them? Electric, little scooters? Electric scooters. Electric yeah. scooters. And you can rent them anywhere. They're, they're basically just parked all over the place. Uh, you simply download the app, you scan the code, and then uh, you just jump on and, and take off and, you know, you just leave it at your destination. And um, right. you take a picture to show that you've parked it well and boom, that's it. Yeah. You pay like a dollar, maybe two dollars per ride or something. Um, and I haven't used a single Uber since I arrived. Oh, really? You're just doing yeah, Uber? Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm using these fans. It's so much fun. Yeah. Right? You yeah. just jump on yeah, and you cruise fun. around. Yesterday, I cruised around the, the beach. Yeah. Uh, for a couple hours, just like cruising around, checking out what's going on. Any anytime you see something fun, you just jump off, yeah, and you hang out. And when you're done, you jump back on. And, and boom, around there you here, go. you can find. I mean, they're literally on every corner. It seems yeah. there's a few, so you can easily hop back onto any one that's sitting around that you find. Oh yeah, it's so easy. Yeah. So shout out to Davy Joan, my buddy. He says what's up on on, on Facebook. Hey Davy. So, Davy, I, I listen to you, man. <laughs> like David told me to find somebody to interview about Turo and car sharing. So we've got, I guess we got two people now. We've got John and we got this other guy that I found. So Electric, um, I think it's a great idea, especially in the downtown area. The client doesn't have to worry about putting, putting gas, gas yeah. in. Yeah, that's yeah. a very good point, actually. Yeah. Sweet. So that will be coming up. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I saw an article about some Airbnb-friendly regulations in Switzerland. I thought it was really interesting because, so the Swiss government is uh, is proposing to allow people who rent apartments to, to sublet on Airbnb. And um, the regulation that they're proposing is that the landlord, they don't have to, they have to let the landlord know and they need like a, a little note from the landlord that they're okay with it. Mm. Um, but here's the interesting part. Okay. The landlord has to have a good reason in order to reject. Oh, that's tenant. great. Yeah. So it has to be a legitimate reason. The landlord can't just say like, hey, no, sorry, I don't want this. They have to They have to have a good reason. Like, for example, oh, you know, there's a, we don't want you to like hide the key outside of the apartment or something. That's mm -hmm. a security risk, right? Right. So if you don't have a good, you know, like, a, like an automated key lock or you're welcoming your guest personally or whatever, um, or if there's some, you know, some reason why... You know, the neighbors or something could be another reason. What if but, they had, um, like, one bad experience before? Could they use that as a reason? So, I, I, you know, the, it doesn't, the article doesn't mention exactly what is a legitimate reason. Oh, okay. But but at least it's 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 interesting that, they, um, you know, that they're going that route. Yeah, and it like, opens it up for conversation, right? Exactly. Yeah. Now, the, uh, the, uh, the one thing is this is, like, countrywide regulations. And, and so the, you know, the... the what do you call that? The counties, they're, they're still allowed to come up with their own regulations, mm -hmm. right? So, for mm -hmm. example, in Geneva, I think there's a 60-day rule. And Geneva is one of the biggest cities in, in Switzerland. Um, they, they're coping with similar problems as in, like, San Francisco and New York, where rents are really high and it's hard to find housing and stuff. So, so they did uh, restrict it there. But, um, but in any case, it's interesting to see that, you know, at least there's a government that who's kind of thinking along with Airbnb yeah. and, you know, enabling people to to take advantage of these platforms instead of just like prohibiting everything. Yeah, so. well, Switzerland is known for being open-minded, so. Right. Um, thank you, Switzerland. <laughs> thank you, Switzerland, yeah. <laughs> thank you for leading the way on that. Hopefully more will follow. Yeah, it's a good, it's, you know, setting good examples. Yeah. Let's see what else we have here. We have Hip, hip Camp. 
Have you heard of hip yeah, camp? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's to find uh, camping spots, isn't it? Or yeah. they have like it's like an Airbnb for camping. Exactly. It's it's one of the many Airbnb niche clones. Yeah. Uh, exactly. That are that are out there, and and I never heard of this one, by the way. But um, but well, yeah. I just saw it in Skift. That's how I, I haven't used it myself. Right. Um. But um. Yeah, they did. They raised nine and a half million. Yeah, they raised a bunch of money. And uh, and it's really cool. <clears throat> so if you have a large garden or you have a piece of land, but you don't have an actual house to rent out or a room, you can just rent out your land. You can say, hey, you can put your, you know, your your uh, what, what do you call them uh, the those uh, those mobile houses, yeah, RVs yeah, or something, yeah, the RV house, RVs. Yeah, can move. You can put your RVs on my on my land, or you put up you know like a tent or something. Yeah, I think you would. I mean, how would it work though if you don't have like. Um, a sewer system and stuff in that area. Like, would they just pitch a tent and come in your house? <laughs> I mean, uh, that's, a, I think I an RV know. might be safer at this point. <laughs> I mean, there might be some bushes around. Yeah. Right, just go back, go back in the, in time. Let's do things old right. school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, as long as the guest is okay with it, you're not going to get a bad review. There were no toilets. There were no, uh, what do you mean? There were no toilets. Port, it's a tree right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I need to check out that site. I want to see some reviews of what they yeah. say, where people are using the restroom. For, as, uh, restroom. as a woman, that's like my first question. <laughs> where is the restroom? <laughs> <laughs> is it clean, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm actually looking on the site right now. Oh, cool. And it, it looks like uh, some people are even renting out like like little caravans or or even like little bungalows that they have. So it's, I guess it's not just for I people who bring their own stuff. I know this place actually down uh, the Reptacular Animals. We had a birthday party there. Um, so you could pitch it. There's a tent up and they, who knew that this happened? Maybe I need to do another birthday party there, a sleepover. Yeah. That <laughs> That's sounds awesome. Like and there's, there's a llama and a zebra and like oh you get God. to see these cool animals. That's my favorite animal. Really? Zebra. Oh, wow. Yeah. They have one there. It's nice. only about I'm an going. hour hour off the road. I got to go. I love you could go to the LA Zoo, too. <laughs> I've always dreamed about having a pet zebra, but my mom didn't allow it. Oh, wow. So I got a rhino instead. What? Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> uh, another question. I heard you say last week you look for 10% returns. That seems mighty low. I made 50K on a three to five bedroom in Portland last year for house. With a twenty-four thousand a year mortgage, yeah, that's right. Um, so the thing is, John, like I'm talking about non-leveraged. Um, so you know, unfortunately, I can't get mortgages. So if you can, then you know, more power to you. And I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm sure you can make more uh, when you when you leverage. But uh, but so I'm paying cash for my properties, um, which is also why uh, I, I go to countries where. You know, nobody can get a mortgage, basically. Or, well, I mean, like in Colombia, for example, like local people can get a mortgage, but they're paying 12%, right? Mm. So then, you know, it's not really that much of an yeah. advantage. Right. All right, let's see. So, yeah, some cool some cool stuff out there on, on HipCamp. Uh, if you haven't looked at it, it could be a, you know, a nice alternative to... Yeah, it looks you know, cool. It's, it's romantic when, the, when, the, when it's not too cold. You know, you're lying in a little tent and you're watching the stars and stuff and uh, it could be a good yeah, experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think it's also part of that whole um, culture of experiences. Like these are really cool experiences. You're not going to forget the Rainbow Studio or camping at rep Reptacular Animals. Absolutely. So, awesome. Yeah, for sure. And when there's a zebra, I mean, 
I think if you have a zebra, you could probably charge like fifty dollars a night extra, right? Yeah, just for being <laughs> yeah. able to pet the zebra, and especially for you. Oh, I pay a lot more than that. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Let's see. So one more question. Let's see. Where in the world are the highest returns happening in in your experience? So, you know, from my perspective. What I've seen in, in my travels, I've been to over 80 countries or so in the last five years or so, and I've always looked at potential investment opportunities. And the way I think it is, I think about accessibility, right? Uh, do people with money have access to this, this market? Mm-hmm. And I mean, in, in theory, everybody has access. But if I buy something in, 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 in the Philippines, for example, uh, all my friends who live in the U.S. and in Holland and in Europe, they're all like, "Man, you bought something in Philippines? I would never buy never. something there." Because, yeah. like, you know, you because what if like, you know, there's no good juridical system or something, and you lose it, and and I mean, you have to be careful, right? Because I interviewed uh, um, uh, my my buddy Patrick in in Cali, and he lost a hundred thousand oh, dollars, you know, buying land in Colombia, and you know, you have to be careful when you're uh, when you're a foreigner, you buy something in, in in countries where you're not familiar with with the system, and you know people can scam you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that alone like keeps a lot of people out. The fact yeah. that the perception uh, of of most people is is that it's risky and it's maybe dangerous, and so there's a threshold, right? And also the fact, like I said, like you can't get a mortgage, or the mortgage rates are really high in a country where mortgage rates are more than ten percent. You know the, the the real estate market isn't as as leveraged yet, right? It's right. not as pumped. The prices aren't as as elevated yet because the financing is just more much more uh, expensive. So, so yeah, what I've seen is uh, is you know those countries like like Thailand, Philippines, and Colombia where where I bought property. That's where I saw the most opportunity, and I think it's because of that reason because people are just kind of like hesitant to invest in those places because they. They kind of like their perception of the risk is is much higher. I mean, if you live in the U.S. and you buy in the U.S., it feels very comfortable. Like when I bought my apartment in Amsterdam, you know, the the idea that it could one day just be gone, I mean, that idea never came to my to, yeah, to my mind, yeah. you know, because I'm I, I know this country, I'm familiar with the laws and the, and the law enforcement and stuff. Um, but I mean, when I first bought my when I bought my property in the Philippines, actually, you know, it it felt a little scary. You know, I'm sending over a hundred thousand yeah. dollars to some bank accounts in the Philippines, and then it's like, okay, well, let's hope that I actually get a house in return. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, right. I have a document, but I mean, I don't know. Because how long I, until from when you bought it to did you actually go there? Um, so it's 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 actually ready uh, right now. It's oh, like, okay. Yeah, right, just, so the resort been. is just opening opening up, so I I'm going in October. Okay. And you know, I have a contract, and I have you know a, a proof of ownership. But hey, you see what happened to Patrick in Colombia, right? He yeah. thought he owned it. So I don't know if I go up there and, and they say like, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Rivers, like we don't have any records of you uh, owning this property. I can go to the court and, but who knows, yeah. right? Right. So, so it is, it is a bit uh, scary to invest in those places, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's also kind of exciting. So yeah. we'll see. You know, like, <laughs> Well, see, I, I hope that... It sounds uh, like you've done a lot of research, though. and Well, you know, I have, but, I mean, there's only so much you can do, right? right? Yeah. I mean, when you listen to Patrick's story, you know, I mean, he did, he, he really, like, didn't do anything wrong. 
Yeah. Right? He got a, a lawyer. He got some local expertise and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, you just never know. You Did know what he, I mean? It, how is it going for you in Colombia? Oh, I mean, Colombia is, is great. Yeah. Um, uh, and there, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, well, I'm pretty, uh, I feel pretty comfortable with Colombia just because I've known the company that I work with okay. for for so long. I've known them for four years. Okay. I know they have a lot of investments. I know a lot of people who have invested with them. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like that these guys know their stuff. Okay. And, and so I'm not too worried about those ones. I'm yeah. more worried about the, the ones in the Philippines <laughs> and the ones in Thailand, especially because they're not done yet. So. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. Like, we'll see. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but just, you know. You have a good attitude. <laughs> I'll say, like, hopefully everything will be fine. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, hopefully that uh, answers your question, um, John. Um, happened to me in Portland? Yeah. Wow. That, that, that happened to me in Portland. Let's see. I have to read the whole comments. I only do a 30-day rentals at this point, but that's not a viable model. Um, would you mind sharing how much you paid in Colombia and what the nightly rental is and vacancy rate? So uh, I, have, I actually have a very extensive blog post on my uh, my website, getpaidforyourpet.com. Uh, if you just Google penthouse in Cali, it actually shows up on the first page. And I saw the pictures and it's stunning. The, yeah, the penthouse it's, it's, is stunning. It's, it's really awesome. I mean, I just got back from there, right? I spent a couple of weeks staying there. Um, I've actually rented it out now for five nights at $80 a night. Uh, I paid just under $150,000, and that's including everything. So that's including the remodeling, the furniture, the wine opener, uh, a little like remote, uh, how do you call these little beatbox speakers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great. You know, everything is included. That's so. amazing. When you see the pictures, you will your jaw will drop that you got that for 100 everything for 150 That's yeah, and it's a two-bedroom penthouse. It has a roof terrace, and, and so it's awesome. Um, so I've been renting it out for, for 80 bucks a night, um, which I, I think eventually on, on Airbnb, because I haven't started on Airbnb yet, I'm waiting for a pump to be installed because the water pressure is kind of low. And you know, once I listed on Airbnb, I'm charging a high-end a high -end rate compared to other places in, uh, in Cali. I really want it to, to be perfect. It has to you know, be at a certain standard. Uh, but still, like eighty bucks a night is already a good start, you know. Like yeah. if if you rent it out for twenty days, that's sixteen hundred times twelve is I think I mentioned this last time too, nineteen thousand two hundred. So you know, take like thirty percent cost or something, then you know you're pretty much getting to like around ten percent. But I think I could probably charge like a hundred, a hundred twenty eventually on Airbnb after I get good reviews and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but while I'm waiting for uh, these a couple other improvements to be installed. I've actually rented it to a couple of friends of mine, uh, so they're going to stay there for for two months. And they they they, uh, they were very excited about that. They asked me like, "Hey, can we please stay at your place? Because it's so sick." <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so um, so I thought that'd be good. To, I just I just uh, rented it to them for like a thousand bucks um, for for two months. So I'm getting some money in while I wait for the improvements, and then yeah. I can also get some feedback from them yeah. about you know what is there anything else I should I should get for this place? Is there anything missing? Because you know one thing that I noticed is you really have to stay at a place for a while to really understand like you know what what do you need and what the, the little things you yeah, know. Right. For example, you know one of the one of in the one of the bathrooms like one of the closets if you if you open it 
It has an iron handle and it kind of hits the glass wall of the oh, shower. Yeah. And these are just tiny little things that yeah. you know just put a put a little uh, a little yeah a little rubber on the, on the on the glass so it doesn't doesn't make this noise and it, it doesn't uh, it's not going to break and anything. So these are just little things that you don't find out until you actually live there, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you're definitely going to need a hostfully guidebook because. My guess is people will not know where to go in Cali when they go, when they show up. I'm, well, I'm definitely, definitely going to make an awesome, uh, an awesome guidebook. And it's going to be, it's going to have lots of videos in there. And I'm really excited to, uh, to get this going, actually. I already recorded the videos at the airport, like, like I said. It was cool. so much fun, so like, awesome. me walking around the airport. And there's people watching, like, what's this guy doing? And he's being filmed walking around the airport. <laughs> I actually was wondering if the, if the security would allow it. So, you know? yeah, I know, huh? But, um... But it was all good, you know. We just gave them some empanadas, and they were, they were happy. So. Pay them off with empanadas. That works really well in Colombia. That's awesome. They love empanadas. <laughs> you have to put that tip in there. <laughs> all right, I think we've uh, we've kind of gone through all our news stories. Awesome, good, lots of news. Yeah. So, um, good thanks everybody for listening. If you're listening to the podcast. Uh, I'm doing these things live every week now. We did this at uh, 11 a.m. PST. I'm, I'll try to do 10.30 every week, but uh, we were running a little bit late. But 10.30, 11, I always send out an email. Uh, so if you are not, if you haven't subscribed to my email list, uh, you can subscribe at getpaidforyourpet.com. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll do this every, uh, every Monday. So you can watch live on Instagram. You can watch live on Facebook. Uh, but of course, you can also listen to the podcast in the usual way on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever other way you're using. It's on the website. It's on YouTube. So there's lots of ways to listen to the podcast. But if you wanna, if you wanna watch live and you wanna ask some questions, um, you know, just get on, get on Instagram, get paid for your pad, get on Facebook, get paid for your pad, and uh, you'll be able to watch. Uh, life it's really fun this way we've we've had a lot of people watching and commenting and stuff it just makes this these podcasts like more interesting uh, and more engaging more interacting and mm-hmm. it's just uh, and having it's a the fun, live guests is great yeah it's, it's fun fun to do for us it's fun for for everybody so uh so if you're listening to this uh next monday 10 30 a.m pst that's 1 30 eastern time yes uh tune in Get paid for your pad on Instagram or Facebook, and you'll be able to uh, ask questions and, and watch it live. I think next week I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have a local uh, host here oh, cool. in, in, in Los Angeles. Come on, awesome! And uh, we're gonna have the person from Turo. Uh, awesome. I don't know if we can do that live, but uh, but anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, of course, next week on Monday we'll be back with another one. And to everybody who's been watching on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you guys so much for joining. It was awesome. We had a great time. And uh, hopefully you'll be back next time. Thanks for all your questions. Bye, guys. Bye. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.